music i was drawn to music because it was a, a potent way to communicate and quite honestly i loved it and it connected with a gift both a, a physical gift and a spiritual gift to communicate um in the next couple of years after i was like growing in christ and, and other brothers and sisters in christ were affirming um you have communication gifts you have uh, whether it be preaching, teaching, prophetic, or whatever, you have a way to communicate God's word to your times. So just use everything you got to do it. I mean, I, I think of the main passage that had a lot of impact on me then and still does when Peter says, if you have the gift of speaking, right? Speaking could be rap, poetry, preaching, teaching, dialogue, it could be over coffee, it could be whatever, then speak for as if you're speaking you're speaking for God. You're filled with his message to speak. So, I mean, really early on, I mean, at 15, it might have been a freestyle on the corner by the locker room in high school or whatever, or at a house party or whatever. It's just like, man, now I'm, I'm filled with God's message and the Holy Spirit. So now I just want to rap and give life to people through what, how God has given me life. You are now listening to Fellow Citizens, a podcast by Gospel in the Arts. I'm your host, Phil Porto, a creative and entrepreneur who has learned some extremely valuable lessons about faith in the arts, but I've learned them in the hardest ways possible. We hope this podcast can share the highs and lows of some amazing artists in the industry, share lessons they and I have learned or are currently learning, and inspire artists to create beautiful art from an overflow of a healthy walk with the Savior. Today's guest, Esteban Shed. Have you ever heard of the hip-hop group Alert 312? What about the unique hip-hop-influenced Bible app, Streetlights? If you have, then you know exactly who today's guest is, Esteban Shed. If you have not, please pause this podcast episode, download the app, add Alert 312 to the artist you follow on your streaming app of preference, and then you can resume this episode. So through the years, I have seen Esteban wear multiple hats. He is an entrepreneur, a musician, an innovator, a father, a husband, and the one that shapes the rest, he's a follower of Christ. He is based out of Chicago, Illinois, and uses his passion for hip-hop to direct others to the cross. Esteban, thank you so much for joining us today on the Fellow Citizens Podcast. How's it going, brother? Yes, sir. It's good to see you again, Phil. Man. You it's too, bro. It's, it's been a while. Very like It was funny when we first started this chat before we hit record, you uh, you were like, yo, I'll, I'll, I'm doing this podcast with Phil Wonder, and I cracked up because I haven't been like called <laughs> Phil Wonder in like nine years. <laughs> like Nobody listening to this podcast knows who Phil Wonder is, so I was just like, all right, cool. So yeah, man, so it's good to see you. It's good to see you know, you're doing well throughout everything, and um, I'm really looking forward to letting people know a little bit about you. Um, but before we get too far into the into the podcast, there's something we do here at the Fellow Citizens Podcast where we allow others to kind of get to know you a little bit. So this part of the show is called... Alright, so what it is, it's going to be a flash round of questions. We're not going to give you much time to think about it. You just have to spit these answers as soon as possible. And this will allow our listeners... I like this. Yeah, bro. It'll allow our listeners to know some really important information about you. And then based off your answers, we're all going to like, dislike, follow, unfollow you as if you were just an Instagram (laughs) account. So I hope you do well. It's all good. (laughs) So here we go. All right. We can start off easy and then we'll get a little bit harder. All right. Skittles or Starburst? Absolutely Skittles. All right, good. Worst movie you've ever you've ever watched? <laughs> Man, I'm horrible with movie titles. Uh, snap. Um, Describe it to um, us. Um. 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 <laughs> oh. Man, worst movie. Uh, onward. Don't at me. Oh, bro. No. All right. We'll talk about that after. Would you describe yourself more like a lava lamp or a black light? Absolutely a black light. All right. If you had to collab with one hip hop artist, alive or living, who would it be? Black Thought. Ooh, that's a good one. Would you rather your Facebook feed be filled with people who just want to talk politics or just want to talk end times? Ha. <laughs> In times, because it actually matters. All right, all right. Tribe Called Quest or De La Soul? Tribe. All right. Jay Dilla's Album Donuts or Krispy Kreme Hot Now Donuts? 
Jay Dilla. All right. Yeah. And this one's going to hurt you a little bit, but why is Chicago style pizza so gross? Blasphemy. <laughs> All right, all right, you did all right. You know, if it wasn't for that onward comment, which, you know, had me kind of like tearing up, and we've watched it like three times already, I, I would say you did well. But that alone, you know, has gotten you some negative points, and I hope people are still listening to the podcast. So, oh, man. <laughs> so I don't get to explain none of that, huh? Nah, bro. No, no explanations. Okay. People just judge you as they feel. You know, that's part of life. No appetizer. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's all good. All right. So, so people know a little bit now about your preferences and stuff like that. And we discussed a little bit about your app and your journey as a musician. Um, but I want to give people a little bit more. So would you mind giving our listeners just a little bit of your backstory, like a small glimpse into your upbringing? Yeah, right on. Uh, born and raised here in Chicago. Uh, father's from South America, um, Bolivia, and my, my mother's from St. Louis. Um, both came to Chicago. Um, family of four. My father be, uh, started Spanish radio with Moody Bible Institute, and then he became a pastor, uh, local local church here in Chicago. Okay. And uh, what happened after that was um, I came to faith in Christ. Even though I heard the gospel growing up, was at a really great local neighborhood church. Um, came to faith in Christ when I was 15. And that changed my whole worldview. It definitely changed, obviously, everything that God does through salvation, your heart, forgiveness. But it changed my purpose in, in life. And um, that pertained a lot to my gifts, uh, both physical, talented gifts, cultural kind of gifts, and, and all of that, expression gifts but also spiritual gifts. Yeah. So that's kind of my backdrop. And then uh, flash forward to basically like throughout my high school and early college years, um, had multiple different hip hop groups, live hip hop groups. We've always done live yeah. music. Uh, it's probably why I referenced Black Thought before was a big roots and like the whole, that whole scene growing up, you know, and obviously they're a generation above me. And so like was, was influenced a lot by that, but live musicianship and hip hop combined. Um, so that's been an evolution of uh, going from a 10-piece group called Berta Ramon to Alert 312 that most people know about to even new endeavors under streetlights now called Prisms, okay. which is a new musical voice that we're doing, highly collaborative. Um, and throughout those years, that's when the vision of Streetlights came. Cool. And so Streetlights started as a dynamic audio Bible to reach our neighborhoods and to reach the young men and women that were struggling to read, give them a Bible in an yeah. oral format. So they could internalize the word of God. And uh, God has grown it from there. It's been 12 years. Streetlights is now just not an audio Bible. It's become its own yeah. nonprofit. Yeah. And we'll has get, multiple lanes now. So We'll, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get a little more deep Dope. into streetlights and whatnot. Um, word. But let me know, like, you know, you talked about how your dad was very involved. You know, very involved in the church with Moody Bible and so forth. Um, but when it started becoming real to you. Like, how did that transformation take place? Like, was it something like for some people I know it's like a road to Damascus kind of conversion where it's just like everything makes sense. This is where I'm going. And for some, it's like, man, I got on the horse, but I fell off multiple times, scuffed up knees. Um, what's your right. faith journey been like? My faith journey, I would describe like really in a nutshell is a million gospel seeds and testimonies of people that knew Christ, including my own parents, my brother and my two sisters that are older than me, all following Christ in a neighborhood that was wild. Yeah. So like their testimony of following Jesus was juxtaposed to the neighborhood, the inner city neighborhood of Chicago was a stark difference. And then I was in a very, um, not perfect by any means, but local church that had a ton of men and women that broken as they were, they loved Jesus. Yeah. And so that genuine factor of faith, and plus the preaching of the word, the songs I learned growing up, all of that were seeds, all the way to the point where I was 15, 16 years old. I was in about three or four years where the sin and the rebellion of my heart were just creeping up a lot. Um, and uh, I, I, I wanted what I saw in the neighborhood, but it was juxtaposed always to this godly, consistent influence of Christ followers until it kind of converged into a road to Damascus kind of scenario or maybe multiple, multiple ones linked up. In the, when I was 15 and 16, it was this, this transition. Um, I saw a couple of my friends um, really dive deep into 
either the hip hop culture that became extremely negative. And I mean, it's Chicago. So like gangs and gang banging was all over the city. It was just, it was just prevalent in our neighborhood. So I saw my guys either diving into one or two of those kind of subcultures, but they all mixed. And that had a lot of bad ramifications. And so those things started to wake me up toward what my heart lusted for was kind of all the typical stuff a young man can want. You know, it's like, man, I don't, the humble pastor that's helping people in a neighborhood church, do I want to be a man like that? Or the dudes I saw out on the street, in particular, the gang leader was called, his name was Kawayo and, and other guys that, man, I mean, <laughs> they had everything that, your heart in a wicked place would want. And um, God really woke me up in one particular instance that I'll just share quickly. I was 15 years old, headed to play ball at, uh, at the church that had a, uh, a gym in the basement. And uh, my father came past and he called, my, called me out and said, man, I'll take you over to the church. It's Friday night. I don't want you crossing a very dangerous corner that was on the way while I was walking. In my pride, Imagine a 15-year-old, right? I'm like, nah, Pops, man, you know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And uh, I finally just conceded. I went in the car, and the very place I would have been about 15 to 30 seconds later if I had continued to walk, um, an acquaintance of mine who was two years older than me, he was a Latin king, he got killed by a rival gang, and I would have been there. So do I know that I would have gotten, you know, mistakenly identified or whatever? I don't know all that, but... God used that instance and a couple other instances like that in that year of my life to wake me up that your father being a pastor or you knowing about Jesus in your mind does not mean that your heart and your soul are given to Christ. And so that was marked, you know, I, I knew Christ, I knew the gospel in the sense of, uh, I knew what the gospel was at eight years old. I prayed a genuine prayer of faith. Whether the Lord say be at 8 or 15, he knows. But I do know at 15, as an older person, there was a true marking of surrender, a true marking of the filling of the Holy Spirit because I grieved over my sin. And uh, God woke me up. So that night that that happened, I remember being alone and I went to my room when it all had happened. My father actually picked me up from the gym later, took me to what was basically a vigilia that the Latin Kings had. He took me there. And he didn't say one word to me. And he was like, basically, look at the dude that got killed. This could be you. He didn't say it. But he literally took me to a place. There was like 50 gangbangers. A lot of the guys that I grew up with that were like little peewee kings, they were in the circle. And it was a father saying, that's what you want? Like, that's what you want? We walked home. He didn't say anything. I went into my room. And I was overwhelmed with, quite honestly, my wickedness, bro. Like, my pride all the lustful things I was really starting to dive into, my rebelliousness against God, my parents. And God just started showing me, like, you need a heart change, yeah. like, internally. And so I cried out to God, man. And so that's that's what birthed, I would say, true surrendering faith. It's the first time I really understood God as, like, the Lord over everything of me. Yeah. And that, that sent me on a different trajectory, not just for eternity. It, it showed itself that year, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was a pivotal moment for me. I, I was born again, and that was kind of that. That's awesome, man. And one thing I love is being able to see um, the multiple seeds that wound up taking root, you know. And I feel like sometimes we as believers can get so discouraged when we don't see the fruit immediately that we assume that there will be no fruit, you know, in that situation. And, you know, there's a song that recently came out by Elevation Worship um, called Blessings, The Blessing. And the chorus says, May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. And that story is just proof of that. You know, the Lord's favor has been on your father's obedience, your father and mother's obedience to the Lord. And you saw that through him. You saw that through your brothers and sisters. Um, and, and so I think that's really encouraging for not just people that are, you know, planting seeds places, but also parents and, you know, people that are trying to figure out how to do this right and figure out, am I doing this right? You know, are my children going to follow the Lord to know that it's ultimately in his plan and at his time that that stuff's going to happen? And then the other thing that I thought was, you know, really key is 
for people who never grew up in an actual, like, city environment, you know, they can see these movies and, you know, they see how it's portrayed between that struggle of that young kid that has to choose between gang life or the church life or the music life, and it can seem kind of fabricated, but it's actually not. Like, for someone who's actually lived that story of my two options were get involved in this lifestyle that all my friends and family were, I mean, all my friends were, or kind of adhere to the guidance of my family and what the Lord's doing in my heart. And so, actually shining a light on that is actually people's story. Like, it's not just a cool movie that you can watch, but it's actually people's story and people's testimonies, and we need people that are reaching people in that walk of life. Like, in that walk of life where they have those decisions to make, it's typically around that 15, 16-year-old, you know, sometimes earlier now, but it's in that age where they're deciding if they, who they want to be for the rest of their lives. They're right. kind of making it at that point. And so that's what I love, the fact that your ministry kind of reaches people at that kind of age, you know, the, the kind of people that are in culture that might not necessarily want to hear what mom and dad are saying at this time, you know, but they might listen to an artist who has very similar interests, an artist who actually knows who black thought is. And so I think that's why it's so crucial to have people stepping into ministries where they're reaching marginalized people. And that's exactly what you guys are doing um, with your multiple avenues of ministry. And so I thought that was really cool to kind of hear a little more of your story since I personally didn't know that much of it. Um, so it's kind of sure. cool to see to see the Lord bring you through that. Um, and so w with pursuing music and the arts and so forth, what was it about music that made you say, okay, this is not just something I'm going to dabble in, but it's something that I really feel like is a calling on my life? Yeah, so, you know, right away, I mean, e even before that year, right away, I saw the power of communication. And so I, I just have, I, I never kind of created these false dichotomies of um, preaching and teaching were in one category, like over here, songs were over here, and like educational learning was a whole nother category. Yeah. Um, because I think the proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah we learn from any kind of expression, you know? So my philosophy, even before I called it a philosophy, <laughs> you know, was that we learn through words, music, sound, the, like the, the sacred senses, I would call them. God has created our anatomy to learn. And so right away, like music was having such a negative effect on me mm. as I was listening to different mixtapes and I was listening to all these artists that obviously didn't have a Christ living worldview. And by the way, back then, like we didn't call anything Christian hip hop. Yeah. I mean, it, th those times, I mean, I feel like later on when I got involved with Humble Beast, that kind of more came to light about these terms or these distinctions. But for us, or for me, I, I like, I just... It was the music I was listening to, a lot of the MCs, even the ones I like. Like, I'm not endorsing Black Thought. I love him as an MC. Do yeah. I love his worldview? Absolutely not. Yeah. It doesn't give any life. Does it shed perspective on the brokenness of the world? Absolutely. But it gives no solution. Yeah. Christ gives a solution. And so, I'm, I, but who I was listening to, I mean, Mob Deep and Nas and all these guys are phenomenally talented, but they weren't doing anything good for my life yeah. and what I was learning. So, music, I was drawn to music because it was a, a potent way to communicate and quite honestly, I loved it, and it connected with a gift, both a, a, a physical gift and a spiritual gift to communicate. Um, in the next couple of years after I was like growing in Christ and, and other brothers and sisters in Christ were affirming, um, you have communication gifts. You have, uh, whether it be preaching, teaching, prophetic, or whatever, you have a way to communicate God's word to your times, so just use everything you got to do it. I mean, I think of the main passage that had a lot of impact on me then and still does when Peter says, if you have the gift of speaking, right? Speaking could be rap, poetry, preaching, teaching, dialogue. It could be over coffee. It could be whatever. Yeah. Then speak for as if you're speaking, you're speaking for God. You're filled with his message to speak. So, I mean, really early on, I mean, at 15, it might have been a freestyle on the corner by the locker room in high school or whatever. 
or at a house party or whatever. It's just like, man, now I'm I feel with God's message and the Holy Spirit. So now I just want to rap and give life to people yeah. through what, how God has given me life. I mean, that is what attracted me to beats and hip hop and um, just all the musical influences that were on me in the neighborhood I was. So it was really driven by that. Yeah. What I like about what you were saying, man, is it wasn't solely that you liked hip hop and that you wanted to make music that led you to pursue this. It was that you felt in your heart that you had a calling and others were able to come alongside of you and kind of affirm that calling, affirm what they saw the Lord doing in your life. And so it was more so just a obedience to what you felt like the Lord had equipped you to do. And it just so happened to merge with the things that you were passionate about. And I think sometimes we as artists can force something into existence because it's something that we like or something that we want to do but it might not necessarily be the calling the lord has on our lives and a lot of times we could we, we can actually miss the calling that he has for us because we're so busy approaching something that's not our call so i love that you're just walking in it because since the first time we talked that's one thing i knew about you was this guy has a heart for people and it's not just a heart that stays silent, but you can audibly and visually tell in his communication with everybody that he's been in communication with over these last few days that I've witnessed has been sincere and with the heart of the Father. And so I feel like that has kind of been what I've seen through your journey throughout the years is you just being obedient with that gift to communicate. Um, and so, so that's spot on. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. (laughs) He knows how to keep us because there's traps along the way. But, and and the only thing I would add to that is, you know, cause look, man, I'm 37 now, bro. So (laughs) it was probably 12, 11, 12 years ago that I met you, something like that. Yep. But I mean, even before that, I mean, we're, we're talking about two decades right now. And I think along the journey, as you continue to use your gift and it takes on different mediums or forms, you ask yourself, why do I keep doing this? Yeah. And it's funny that we go back to the beginning right now in this interview, because that is still in retrospect, that is still the thing that in the most in its most basic form, I believe this. I believe faith in Christ comes by hearing. Yeah. Like it's quoted from the word of God and hearing, obviously we know that passage, but I just want to focus there. Faith comes by hearing. So people can hear who the real Jesus Christ is and he is who he is. All the I am statements he says about himself. Then that's, that's my role, you know, as far as the, the communicative gifts is to communicate him applied to every area of life. Yeah. So it's not just John three sixteen every song. God is a lot more complex and holistic than that. For it's sure. Christ applied to all of our life. And so, but I, I still come back to that, whether it's like Streetlights Audio Bible or music or poetry or teaching or preaching or, you know, discipleship when you're dialoguing with people is, it's faith comes by hearing. And and obviously our, our faith is built by continuing to hear the word of God. Yeah. And, and to be, you know, drawn to him through his truth yeah. and his comfort and his spirit. So ho- hopefully uh, that will continue to, you know, keep yeah. me on that same track, that basic truth. Yeah. yeah. So, so you were talking about how long of a journey it's been, you know, and the different avenues that you've kind of gone through. And anyone who's kind of walked with the Lord for a season, especially like pursuing something that you feel is a call in your life, you have these mountaintops, you have these valley seasons that you go through, and you learn a lot through both of those. Um, but I feel like a lot of times we miss, you know, in Psalm 23, it says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. And I think that when we're in the valley, sometimes we don't recognize that he is there with us, and it's part of the process that he has to get us to where he wants us to go. Um, so would you mind, for the artists that are listening, sharing a valley season in your pursuit of your gifts where you kind of felt like, man, this is a very, very low point, but knowing that the Lord was there with you and what you kind of learned through that season? Yeah. Yes, I will, um, because I think it's very important to talk in reality, and I appreciate that you cover this in your in your podcast that uh, so much of the time we're, we're exalting 
the times that are great. Yeah. But I love the word of God that it documents it broken people going through broken valleys constantly, consistently. Yeah. From Genesis all the way to Revelation because it's true life. You take all the Psalms, you see the ups and downs. And it's the same thing for our life. It actually produces a mature life in Christ. Yeah. It's the perseverance through the, the valleys and the mountaintops. So I'll just put out three categories. I think that we, we can have circumstantial valleys, things we can't control that happen to us. Yeah. I think that we can definitely have our sin value uh, valleys yeah. and wrestling with besetting sins or things we struggle with that affect us as uh, sons or daughters, right, in Christ and can affect us as artists. Yeah. And then uh, the third one are just valleys of pruning and learning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'll just give an example. There's there's a lot to those three categories, right? Um, circumstantial value, uh, valleys that I would say that I've gone through, you know, one in particular is uh, just when things don't go your way, yeah. you know, when you can have a particular ideal for, for yourself or for your gifts or for the platforms that you think that will vouch that you are doing what God has called you to do and that you are to borrow the time that we use so often now winning like yeah. we're winning all that rapper's winning or, or that <laughs> you know this 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 artist is doing great he or she is now you know and the the fickleness of that can cause a lot of emotional values yeah. uh, uh valleys um they can, can cause a lot of emotional valleys where you can feel paralyzed like man circumstantially what i am doing it doesn't matter this applies way past the arts. I mean, like yeah. you mentioned before, you can be discipling people within your local church community and you can pour years, man, years into people um, and not see any fruit. And yeah. it's like, man, but God has the bigger picture. And the same thing with the valleys of like us as artistic. Um, I want to be careful that like I, I don't define myself as an artist. I define myself as, as my identity is in Christ and yeah. artistic communication gets flow from that. So when, yeah. I, I just want to... Yeah, I get we're in this very artistic age when people are like, I'm an artist, I'm an artist. Well, sure, I'm an artist, uh, but that just flows from the deeper identity. Yeah. And I think when circumstances don't go your way, that can cause a lot of emotional values. I point to David. David was called to be a king. Man, he went through a lot of cave dwelling and yeah. running, um, and his circumstances caused the, him to be very distraught. So that's one valley um, that I would say that category. The second one is sin valleys. Um, as we grow in Christ, man, we're struggling with the flesh still. Yeah. Um, Paul says we have weak mortal bodies, right? And so there have been valleys that I've caused in my life because, and they've affected my artistic or ministry expression. Um, and that's why we're exhorted so much in the New Testament that, yeah, even though sin is not our master anymore, man, it's like a former landlord that is constantly screaming at us. Yeah. Um, and so I've had my times where, where sins that I've struggled with have uh, really cut into... Um, have been opportunities for thoughts of like, um, I'm not good enough to serve the Lord. Look at me. I'm constantly failing. Um, or you feel a draw toward whether it's sins uh, internally or the sins are just like looking out and wanting something the world has, fame or lust or whatever it is. So those have caused values, valleys. And I think that it's important to mention that because as an, an artist is not detached from their internal person, yeah. right? We learn that everything that flows from us is so important to be purified as vessels for the Lord. And that's like, that's the, a key key way to look at that is a, as an instrument. So if yeah. the instrument's all clogged up with stuff that doesn't give us life, namely sin, it's going to affect the tune of the instrument. Yeah. So I've gone through valleys like that and praise God for his faithfulness and for community and for uh, my wife and for all the different ways that God brings us back to repentance and confession and yeah. freedom. And um, so those have been valleys that I, I thank God that he always shows his faithfulness to take us through. And then finally, and this is this is the one I was more talking about, like the, the last category of like um, the the what, what was the word I said? It was, it was circumstantial. It was like sin. And then it was, man, I forgot the third category. You'd have to rewind the podcast. <laughs> but basically the, the category of like, oh, pruning, pruning. Artists are not like, they're, especially within hip-hop hip -hop culture, it's like this. We want people to arrive at 19 and be the most phenomenal artist. Have, like, we want everybody to be the Mike Jordan of 
whatever artistic gift when they're young yeah. because we stress especially in america but the world now we stress a very non-human thing which is we want you to have peaked and be in your prime when you're still like a baby and yeah. you're only 17 or 18 because that's when you look the best you're the skinniest you're the most attractive yeah. you got the image you got right and this is not a knock against youth but i always compare it to like a lot of other genres, the best works come later. Yeah. Painters, fine artists, um, jazz musicians, those mediums allowed people to grow into um, the depth. I mean, you talk about Chicago, jazz and blues. I mean, wh when do you want to see people play when they're 17 or when they're like 59? Man, yeah. the richness that comes over time that's good. It matures us. And that's a very human thing. We're supposed to grow. So I think we even know that more so as Christians, when we look at the word of God, that we're getting pruned. So sometimes that, whether it's discipline or pruning or whatever, we have to trust that the Father's molding us. Yeah. And that causes valleys. And God allows those valleys. Yeah. Because we learn in the valleys. So I'll end that piece by just saying, you know, some of the valleys I went through, like if you listen to the song from Alert 3 and 2, Kill the Elephants, like God... And many times when there was like a lot of success right around the corner, man, his Holy Spirit like put his hand on his my chest and like, nah, bro, mm. that's not for you. And so he would like cut things off. And sometimes I had to give things up on the altar, right? So that he could kill things that in the moment was like, this is killing my shine. This is killing my, 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 I, I, yeah. I. And yet what he was doing was he was pruning me into a more mature person, which is producing a more mature expressor, an artist of him and yeah. his truth. Um, but those those valleys, man, were hard. The one particular I'll give you there is I, I gave up a 10-piece a group that was doing extremely well called Berta Ramon. And uh, without going into all these things and name dropping and all that, it was a phenomenal band and ministry and everything kind of like that we worked super hard for for like six, seven, eight years. And at the age of 25 or 26, for over the period of four months, myself and Lauren LaLuce, who's on the Streetlights team, just sensed the Holy Spirit being like, it's time to give it up. Mm. You're like, what? It's at the climax. It's at the, what, we, what, 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 what? You're producing fruit from this. Yeah. It was like, very clearly the Lord was like, Cool, yeah, but I know what's ahead and there's a greater fruit. Well, now in hindsight, he made very clear, he brought back the vision of streetlights and that has produced deeper fruit. And not all, the, not all the time has it been more popular fruit, but that doesn't matter. It's produced deeper fruit for people and it's not been about the exaltation of us, Yeah, which is crazy. It's been about the exaltation of his word in, in Christ Jesus and uh, but that came after a hard pruning season where he was cutting off our leaves so that mm. we could grow. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Two things I want to point out that you said. Um, first, one thing that our pastor has really taught us through the years, and it really has helped shape me and continues to shape me, is the fact that we are not identified as artists. Art artistry is something that we do. You know, we are, you know, I, I take photos, therefore I'm categorized as a photographer, but that's not who I am. Like, I am a son of the Most High. And so, one thing that we try to teach with the ministry is creating out of that sonship and out of being a son or daughter of the Father, because then success is glorifying Him, not achieving a certain accolade so i love that you touched on that and then the other was the hard you know reality of i have achieved what i thought i was supposed to achieve with this band and now i feel like i have to lay it down and that wrestle and that battle and how in that moment it could have felt like all this was in vain then. Like, why, why, why am I laying it down? Um, but not realizing that the Lord was doing something in you that would then be more of the mountaintop experience that he's called you to. And that being streetlights. And that's kind of where I want to transition into next is um, kind of talking a little bit first. I'll have you say what streetlights is. 
um, and then continue to talk uh, about these questions that I have for you. But I was talking to my friend Benj, who is a very well-known photographer in the industry, and he was talking about how his valley experience actually came from when he thought he was on a mountain. So kind of like the opposite. He thought, all right, I've achieved and I've arrived and I've succeeded at everything that I can do in my career. And he said he was up there and he realized that in that pursuit, he wound up finding emptiness at the top of that mountain. And so yours is a little bit different. You were What you thought was a mountaintop took you down to a valley, but that after you got out of that valley, the Lord was taking you to another more fulfilling reward where he was receiving glory and honor. So can we talk about what exactly Streetlights is for the people that have never heard of Streetlights? Right, right. Yeah, well, uh, Streetlights principally started as an audio Bible, uh, word-for-word scripture recorded over a very tasteful, dope, listenable hip-hop soundtrack. Um, celebrating the diversity of accents and people that God brings into the body of Christ and primarily as a tool to reach those who had educational barriers of being able to read. So there was a lot of illiterate young people that we were working with in in Chicago that we made it for first. Mm. Throughout the years, it spread because obviously that demographic is everywhere and not just stateside, but across across the world. Um, eventually, basically, that audio Bible continued to grow, and people just continued to use it, whether for the their for, for their own building up of their faith in Christ, for exposing people to the message of the gospel, um, or for you know discipleship relationships, small groups, whatever it be. Um, as it continued to grow here in Chicago and kind of like stateside, uh, we obviously continued to be musicians and rappers and just kind of spreading the. You know, there's this audio Bible out there like this. Yeah. Uh, but God made it very apparent that he wanted to to grow the, the ministry, grow the languages of that audio Bible, which were, were now headed into Spanish with global teams, as we call them, all over Latin America and Spain. So now it's audio Bibles um, in the same format. Uh, so English and Spanish. And it's, now we've incorporated the music and teaching into what it really is a ministry of creative communicators. Yeah that want to unfold God's word, which is uh, a line taken from Psalm 119, 130. The unfolding of your word brings light. So we we believe if we bring the word of God in a new school way of Bible translation in an oral fashion where we learn through our ears, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if we unfold the word of God in such a way where we can teach it, whether through music or proclaim the gospel through music or teach it in a new school, just Bible teaching format, that is going to produce fruit in people's lives. Yeah. As we've done that, you know, with what we always say with our sticks in mud here at our studio in Chicago and as we travel the world and, and involve other creatives to be a part of it or really respond to them because many people have wanted just to be a part of it. And we say, cool, let's do it. Yeah. Um, God has just grown it. I mean, we're a small team here. We're four people now. We've been three the last decade. We're four now. Uh, we need to be six. <laughs> but we'll see what happens yeah. with that. And so, yeah, well, it's a creative communication, gospel-driven, word of God ministry for this generation. But our ultimate goal is this. We want to see this generation and the next generation know who Jesus is. And we trust that as they hear who he is, the Holy Spirit can draw people to his life-saving gospel. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that's what Streetlights is now. So That's what's up, man. And so as someone who, you know, connected with you when it first started um, and you were kind of like talking to me a little bit about the unveiling of it, um, I had listened to Alert 312. I thought it was dope. You know, I enjoyed the music. Um, but I've really seen that Streetlights is like a mountaintop experience, not in the sense of, look at me, I've arrived, but in a sense of, it is shining for the whole world to see, which is what Mm. our call as believers is. And so, I want to talk about three different things on the the idea of this being a mountaintop, and how I kind of see streetlights from an outsider's perspective. Um, So first, I want to look at Matthew 14, where Jesus goes to be alone with the Father on the mountain. So, 
there, there's that saying that, you know, the, the mountain, it, it's lonely on top. You know, that whole idea of it's lonely on top. And so Jesus goes to be alone, and so he's physically alone, but he wasn't lonely because he was in the presence of the Father, and his intention was to actually be with the Father. So how I see it is that a lot of times the mountaintop can seem lonely like it did with Benj's experience because we're climbing for our own selfish desires as opposed to doing something fully in obedience to glorify the Lord. And the reward is not that we climb that mountain and that everyone sees how high we made it, but our reward is that we're able to commune with the Father at the top of that mountain that we're called to. So can you talk a little bit about how streetlights and this part of your journey um, seemed a little bit different as you approached the goal of what you felt you were called to, as opposed to some of the others. Like how you felt like, okay, I'm climbing this mountain, but this is solely about being obedient to the Father and chasing Him in that. You know, it's interesting that you said that, Phil, because I was thinking about that last week. And when I had a day that I was honestly pretty down and emotional, and I... I guess I don't see things that way anymore. I don't see, there are valleys and mountains to every part of life, family-wise, church-wise, goal-wise. So I don't negate that. But with streetlights, I am an extremely ambitious and zealous person, I would say, driven. But God has tempered me in that area to not see like, Yo, I'm on this mountaintop and I want to get to the next mountain. Yeah. Now let me get to the next mountain. I would like to use a different metaphor. Let's mix up metaphors. I'm great at that. You probably are too. <laughs> they always joke with me here at the studio that I mix metaphors all the time to yeah. like communicate. I, I honestly, I see it more as a cross in a river, especially these last two years when we became our own nonprofit, went through a lot of fear storms and God just like, man, really saying, man, do you trust me in a lot of ways? Yeah. Um, and now I just see it as like walking over a river, depending on God to give me the next stone, us the next stone to step onto. That's what's up. And he's always going to require us to step before the stone appears. And so I see it less like, man, I'm on this mountain and I got to get to the next one yeah. for this to be good. I actually am like, no, this is good. It's good to be loved by God. It's good to be around Three other men that love God, that our spouses and families can experience walking with Jesus and ministering to people, yeah. using what we have, and, and appreciating the moments that we're in, the rock that we're on, yeah. and not worrying so much about gaining the next accolade on the next rock. It's like, no, we just want to stay faithful. And sometimes he's going to have us run over that river where it's like rock after rock yeah. after rock, where it's like super intense. Other times, he has you go slowly and appreciate the step, like slow motion. So that's how I see it right now, yeah. man. I mean, if you press me into considering it like a mountaintop, well, I would say this. It takes a lot of hard work to climb up a mountain and a lot yep. of faith and a lot of preparation. Yes. It's not that glorious when you're climbing a mountain because a mountain's not made up uh, of a summit the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> the summit is a very small part of the mountain. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we could use that metaphor and say, man, God, through streetlights, had us on a climbing journey and he's still making us climb. Yeah. You know, it's the same as going through the river and not knowing where the next stone will, will, will arrive, but he'll bring it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's how I appreciate this season. Yeah. Whether through streetlights or the involvement of my family or, or the faith that it's taken from a financial, artistically creative place, whatever it is, it's all faith, trusting that yeah. we want to continue to communicate him. And we pray that that blesses people very deeply across the world. And that's where we're at. It's that's been good. a slow journey in many ways, not like a instantly dropped off a helicopter onto a summit type <laughs> journey. You know, yeah. it's not been that at all. Uh, so, so the thing is, is like your metaphor and I think the mountain metaphor can be the same depending on 
the person's heart and intentions. You know, so I, I think that's just a sign of the grooming and the maturity that the Lord's brought you through. Because I think of my pastor, and I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably mention it on every episode about mountains, but he likes climbing mountains. But you'll never go to his Instagram and just see all these pictures of him on top of a mountain. Like, you'll never see him boasting about the mountain that he's on because he's not climbing the mountain to be able to boast about the mountain. He's climbing the mountain because he finds fulfillment and enjoyment in doing the things that the Lord has given him passion to do. And so... I think whether it's running through, you know, and stopping at those stones, or it's climbing a mountain and stopping when the Lord says to stop, and climbing when the Lord says to climb, really just comes from a sense of, like, maturity in your journey. Um, And so, then moving forward, you know, like, three chapters later in Matthew, you see Jesus going back up a mountain. And this time, he brings Peter, James, and John up the mountain with him so that they can see the glory revealed. And throughout scripture, you see Jesus constantly walking to places and bringing people with him. Like, it wasn't solely, like, him enjoying the the blessings and the intimacy with the Father. It was him bringing people along on the journey with him. And when I see streetlights, I kind of see that implemented. Like, you could have easily been like, all right, between the three of us at Alert 312, you know, at the time, we can do all of this on our own. Like, we can produce everything, we can uh, record everything, we can put out everything, but instead, you guys have taken others along on that journey with you and said, it's not about us receiving glory, it's about all of us coming together to give glory to the Father. So that's why there's production from like Kirtland Obano, Daniel Steele, T. Walla, Wes Pendleton, and the list goes on, and artists like Braille and Prop and Odd Thomas, Joseph Solomon, Taylor Gray, and you know, it just continues to go because you guys have taken streetlights as an approach of we are the body of Christ and we can do more together than we can individually trying to just achieve, you know, recognition. We can sacrifice our, you know, our identities for the greater good of the gospel. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of coming alongside brothers and sisters and the importance of that collaboration to do what the Lord has put on your guys' heart? Yeah, man, the, the whole body of Christ has to be shown. Yeah. And that that it, it's not just us that shine individually. It's his his collective bought redeemed collection of faith family. Yeah. And so that was very very early on and and we also think that that's a shot to the bow of Christians being seen as this or that or this color or that color, or that background or that accent. Nah. Christ is saving the nations. That's yeah. been clear since Genesis. And that's been clear since the history, you know, the history of the world that you see the collective of people. So we've always wanted not diversity for diversity's sake, but diversity to show that God is one that is collecting people, saving people from all different paths. And so this was our way to get a diversity of many things, not just ethnically or accent wise, but styles and expressions Mm. and you know, we, we love that that by proxy, like in a sense passively, we show that God is diverse in his just his makeup of how he's making up his family, yeah. you know? And so we don't have to outright say it like, hey, this is a diverse audio Bible. No, it just is because God's people are. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's been early on. And, and also the last point to that is we love people. Yeah. We love people. And so, I mean, even when you listed those names now, there's fond relationships with those people. Yep. Um, we don't believe God cares. I mean, does he care about what we produce? Yeah. But the process is incredibly key. Yeah. We believe here, even work culture-wise, all of that. And if you don't love people in the process, and we're all going to fail in that, but if you like justify not loving somebody for um, being more effective or kicking out something quicker, it may be slower, but God is pleased when people love each other along the way. Yeah. And and people are grown along the way and how to love as well as their skills growing. And so that's been a cool thing. And now it's, you know, it's past the national borders. I mean, 
we have like such deep relationships with the guys in Spain, Puerto Rico, DR, Mexico, yeah. um, guys out in um, Senegal. And it's just a beautiful thing. Like we want to enjoy the process of being with God's people as we produce too. So that, that can sometimes make it from a industry way, sometimes a little bit slower process. But at the same time, like we put out John, man, I don't know, eight years ago. And it's still one of the most played audio Bible books. And it's so rich when I still hear those voices. Have we grown since then as producers and all that? Yeah, sure. But it's still a valuable product and a valuable thing, not only because it's God's word, but because the people behind it actually love the Lord. Yeah, still. That's <laughs> they really love the Lord. And there's a relationship behind those voices. Yeah. yeah. And I love that, man. I love that when we first had our conversation and we were talking about it, and I think... You know, you guys had the booth up. You were talking about, you know, how it was going to be released. This is what it's going to sound like. I remember we had a conversation and you were like, yeah, if you ever wind up wanting to do it, you know, let's build a relationship. Because that was the main thing that you wanted. You didn't want just people to try and hop on it because of the names that were going to be on it or the exposure that it could or couldn't get. You really wanted to make sure that their hearts were for the Lord and for Him receiving that glory. And so that brings me to my last point about the mountaintop that we'll talk about. Um, So there's a hymn called Calvary's Mountain. And the first part goes, Jesus died on Calvary's Mountain long time ago, and salvation's rolling fountain now freely flows. And whether someone calls it a mountain or a hill, like whatever, um, my point is the same, is that Jesus goes to that hill or that mountaintop so that the sacrificial love can be displayed for all to see. And that mountain that he walked looked different than you know some of the other mountains that he had climbed before, but it still had the same purpose, which was to fill, fulfill the will of the Father, Um, And this mountain specifically directed people to his physical death with the purpose of when someone saw or heard that he had risen, the father would be made famous and that people would know the truth. And so when I think of streetlights and I think of what you guys are doing in your ministry and the different avenues, I instantly thought of Romans 10, which you already, you know, said earlier was... How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And then it says later on in the chapter, in verse 17, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And so I feel like you guys are not just metaphorically, but lyrically, like putting out a ministry that fulfills that calling. Like, if Streetlights is a mountaintop experience, it is solely there, and it's solely happening so that you guys can make the Lord famous. And I think that's beautiful, is you guys are giving something so that people can hear that the Lord is risen. Like, actually hear it through Scripture in a language, so to speak, that it had never been done in before, and a language that so many people speak fluently, whether they're in white suburbia or they're the hoods of New York or Chicago, you know, hip-hop is a very influential uh, median in our day and age, and you guys have taken that and done what only the Lord can do and redeemed that to a point that his gospel is being proclaimed through that, so no one can say, I never heard it, you know, and so, so I think that's beautiful, and so if you wouldn't mind just like talking a little bit about how you have seen the Father move through this, making his name famous through this new language, and the new avenues that have kind of come through streetlights, even to the point, like you were saying, that you're doing it now in different countries, like, that also are like, oh, we love hip-hop, we're influenced by that, and now the scripture is available to us in that language. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so... um we, we like to characterize the people that we serve most or what we target as those that we feel that are forgotten, right? In the sense of like that there's not a lot of um, communication tools for them to hear the word yeah. of God, like you're saying. And uh, we often say that if Streetlights existed before we had made it, we wouldn't have made it because we would have been like, cool, because it was based on we needed it. Yeah. We needed it to help um, spread the gospel and disciple young men and women, yeah. right? 
And that still drives what we do. What do people need? They need to hear about God's word in a way that they take it in. Now that has grown because really what was, I mean, man, times have moved fast from yeah. a technological standpoint, the mixing of the world. I mean, man, we're experiencing it during this COVID time. Look how small the world is, yeah. you know? Um, and so only God knew that too. I mean, when we started, we're talking about burn CDs and now we're talking about you can stream everywhere, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, there's limitations here and there, but basically you can go to any any place in the world and you find people, poor, rich, middle class, low middle class, they got cell phones. Yeah. We were in a lot of different hoods in various places. Um, I don't want to over-stereotype a place, so I'm not going to say the places, but and you're in this very, very poor areas and you see people with smartphones. <laughs> uh, we would joke that they had better smartphones than Aaron Lopez. So <laughs> we're like that, you know, and so like, People can stream. And so that has happened in 10 years. Yeah. So it's the digital age. So God knows, man. He know he knew how to communicate through papyrus. He knew how to communicate over um, um, oral tradition. He knew how to communicate through the the, um, the the printing press, all of these things. So now we just view it as that. So that's a way to answer that God has just used dynamic communication, whether it's stylized in a hip-hop form or not. We don't even like make that the poster boy yeah. and it's all it's a hip-hop bible we actually don't even even like that term it's just we want it to be communication and language that's authentic to us yeah and that authentically reaches ears what's happened the last like three or four years not just internationally but you, but as you said it's just that people are hearing god's word and i think it's for for those that are christians i think it's helping them recapture the sacred moments that are lost to a digital age where you can binge on Netflix, you can listen to talk radio, you can listen to all this trash that just corrupts your uh, your mind that's not from a godly worldview, whether it's different musicians or whatever. It's become a tool for so many. And this could be software engineers to uh, shorties in the hood in Chicago to um, second language learners in the Philippines or China. I mean, the stories are vast. We get, yeah. we get hit up from all over the place and they don't fit one certain demographic but what they all have in common is they all have ears they all want they're intrigued by the content which is the word of god and god uses it for where they're at yeah that's good which is the word of god and the holy spirit and how he sp speaks to people so we feel like we're just assisting in that in particular with the audio bibles the music is always a great doorway of arts for to invite people in. Yeah. So it always has this, even though it benefits those who are Christians and it builds them up in their faith, it is always this extension of a handout to people to say, man, come into my life and my life is centered around this person, Jesus Christ. Let me yeah. tell you about him. And so God has used, continues to use the music in that way. It also is an invitation for people to get, oh man, the app has this thing. Well, you guys do the Bible too? This is crazy. So it has an evangelistic bend. But yeah, um, I mean, it's just all these different lanes of being able to break open the word of God and it's impacted people in a digital age. So awesome. right now, whether that's like the young men that we started with that couldn't read from the hood in Chicago or whether it's like this... Uh, this uh, story of a man who was a software engineer probably was pretty well off West Coast. He listened to the to the New Testament over and over and over again. And that paired with a dynamic Christian friend that he had in his life where he saw his life was different were the two things that God used to bring him to faith in Christ. He said he finally understood the new covenant. That's awesome. And that it was it was uh, that, that he finally understood what grace yeah. was. And that was by just listening to the audio Bible. Now, he wasn't in our scope when we started, but we can make something, but God knows a bigger purpose yeah. for it. And now it's reaching whoever, you know, but we still keep that core demographic of if we serve the least of these, what we call kind of the forgotten or whatever, it can also serve like the outer rings of the, the yeah. bullseye, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's great, man. And what I love is that a lot of times when we try to, reach unlost, uh, uh, unreached people, you know, or we try to figure something out. I've noticed in past years, they kind of dumb down or water down the content to try and reach people. Um, mm -hmm. But you guys, 
have not done that at all. You are reading scripture word by word and keeping it doctrinally sound and still being able to reach people exactly where they're at, which just shows that all you have to do is be obedient. You don't have to try and recreate what is already perfect, which is the word of God. You just have to be obedient and use it in the lane that he's called you to use it. And what I love about what you guys are doing with streetlights is besides like dumbing things down, what I've also seen is in the industry, people just create content for the sake of creating content without actually creating content that is done in excellence to show the excellency of the Lord. And so whether it's the production value or the look and the actual effectiveness of the app, like actually being able to use an app that doesn't have glitches or the graphic designers that you guys are working with to create the logos for each thing, you guys are doing it as it's unto the Lord. And I think that that shows not so much, you know, that you guys are dope creatives, but it shows that you don't want to bring anything less than the best before the unbeliever and before the throne of the Father. And I think that's crucial and it's beautiful that you guys are doing it that way because I think that having that great content but not delivering it in an actual way that like someone would be um, willing to give it a shot loses that possibility of them being affected. And I love that I can suggest that to an unbeliever and be okay and be like, yeah, this is something you need to listen to. Like, this is something you should check out. And so I just want to encourage you guys in that. Um, continue doing it in excellency. Uh, it, it, continue doing it in excellence because I really feel like as a believer, I'm encouraged. As someone who is in the arts, it inspires me to want to continue to do things on that kind of level. Um, and it shows me that all I have to do is be obedient to what the Father has. So um, before we wrap up, there's two things we want to do. First, I want to give people the opportunity to follow along with you and your journey and kind of support what you guys are doing. So where can people find Streetlights, you know, the, the, the music endeavors, you personally, like how can they actually find you online? Yeah, so uh, the website is streetlights, plural, streetlightsbible.com. Uh, para español, streetlights.es, streetlights.es for Spanish. Um, and then all the socials, you just look up Streetlights Bible and you'll find us. Um, I have a personal one. It's mostly it, when I get to it, it's like my family and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, all the streetlight social lanes, um, all the new prisms music stuff is called at SL prisms, like on IG. But you'll find all of that at the main streetlights one as well. So um, yeah, so just uh, we're, we're very active on social now, probably more than we ever have been in the past decade. Um, and so, yeah, we're very active there. Subscribe to YouTube. There's a lot of visuals that are being put out now, um, teaching, uh, short film stuff, all of that. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. And the last thing we're going to do is something that we do on every episode, and it's called the Bar for Bar Recap. So what we've been doing is throughout this whole thing, I've been sending just a little bit of information about what we're talking about to an MC that I know by the name of Vitaly Magic. And what he did is he created a 16 to kind of give people a little bit of a recap of who you are, what you do, and whatnot. So typically, it's not so much pressure because he's not doing this for another MC. So when I texted him, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, don't drop the ball. Like, this dude will know if you drop the ball. So, we're going to see. We're going to hope Steven does well. But thank you so much for being part of it. Enjoy this bar for bar recap. And Steven, you with us, brother? Yeah, what's up, guys? All right, man. So, good to have you, as always. So, we're going to drop this beat by Cliff Brown, and then we'll end our episode. All right, let's get it. Every guy is guilty of thinking sometimes that the grass is greener on the other side of the Yeah. What up, citizens? Let's go. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, as soon as the beat drops, that's when I go. You can feel it from TPA all the way up to Chicago. Yeah, let's get it on. You can feel this reference on. My name is Steven, introducing Esteban. What? From what I could tell, he's a meat type cat. A really creative guy. He can street lights app. Uh, when we hit the streets, tell him what you gonna do. Excuse me, uh, we have an alert. 312, check 12. Mic check 212. Fellow citizens, rejoice up with the whole crew. Keep it with the facts, cause the axe is at the root. Can't believe he worked with Moody Bible Institute, uh, his dad's a pastor, he's a rapper with the vine, so now even through the prisms he gon' shine, a family man with four kids, shout out to the grind, plus shout out to Esteban, man, thanks for your time, let's go. That is the Fellow Citizens yeah. Podcast. <laughs> That was our bar for bar recap. Once again, Esteban, thank you for joining us, and God bless you in everything that you put your hands to. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Fellow Citizens Podcast, brought to you by Gospel in the Arts. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged, and that you would share this resource to other artists who may need to hear these truths. Be safe and be blessed.